Okay, today we're going to look at the third maima in the list of Mamarim that begin with the words Gdola Tshuva. Begins on the last line, uh, the first line of Pevav Amudbet, and it's stranger than the ones we saw last week. It's it's outright, it's outright strange. Uh, the first question we're going to ask is, what in the world it could possibly mean? Um, the Gemara says as follows: Amar Rav Yochanan, Gedolat Shuvah Shedocha Et Lota Seishabatora. Shuvah is great. What's the sign? Shedocha Lota Seishabatora. Shenema. So pasuk in Yemiyahu per Gimel. Leimor Heini Shalach Ishet Ishtov Halchame Yotov Baitali Ishachem. Okay, so Hashem says, He says, After all, That's a reference to Pasakin last week's Pasha, the Isarav Marze Gushata. The woman is married and is divorced. For whatever reason, she gets married to somebody else, which is perfectly okay. She gets divorced from the second person. She's not allowed to marry, remarry her first husband. So there's a, that, that's the law to say. Va'at continues Yemiyom. Zanit re'im rabim. You have been mizaneh with many other, meaning gods, many other re'im. Uh, uh, the Kishwachal still says, you can do tshuva. That's the, that's the proof that, that's in the Maima, that tshuva docha lo tase. Because there's an isu, and apparently God is the, God is the chatan here. Amisar is the kala, is the wife. She's been, she's, she's in a position where there should be an isu of lo yuchal rashuv lakachta. But God says, Shuvelai. Veshuvelai nu Mashem, indicating that, uh, that's the case of the Nebuah, you mean I was saying, you do Shuvelai, everything, everything will be okay. So the Maimah is inexplicable, offhand. Why? One. Is Shuvelai this Lotase? Clearly no. If you had a case where a woman had uh, gotten divorced and married somebody else, and then afterwards said that she was sorry, she made a mistake. She wants to come back to her first husband. And uh, she's really sorry. She'll never do whatever she did again. Machloket, Rabbi Akiva, Beit Beit So maybe she didn't cook well, maybe she did worse things. Then they didn't get along. But they're all doing tshuva. Is, is he allowed to remarry her? Is there any halacha anywhere that indicate that will be okay? Clearly no. Secondly, the pasuk in Yemiyahu plays on two different isurim. The Yisra that's quoted is the Yisra of Machzir Gushato. But when God says to Amisel, you're in that condition, it's not Machzir Gushato. When did God ever divorce Amisel? It's a different passage from one of the Haftarot of the, of the season. A Sefer Kritot. We have no Sefer Kritot. What does it say? Ba'ad kizanit re'im rabim. That's a different Yisra, which is also an Yisra, but, but not allowed. That's the Yisra of Eshet Ishezinta, who's also Asura the Bala. The woman is Mizanah, commits adultery. So she's a surat about that. He has to divorce her right away. 
Uh, why doesn't the beginning of the Pasuk quote that Isu? Because that Isu is not an explicit love. It's derived from the Pasha of Sotasa. It wanted, at least Rabbi Yochanan wanted it to be a love. Maybe the Pasuk wanted it to be a love. Apparently, the two Isuim are connected. They're similar. One is Eshetish, she's a married woman who's Mizana, and still married. The other one is a woman who, perfectly beheta, she was divorced, she got married to somebody else. That's wonderful. We went to her wedding, we were all happy. But she can't get married to her first husband again. So we have to see what the connection between those two Isuim are, which the Pasuk and Yimiyah was completed. But nonetheless, that's even a better example. Suppose this is something which there must be uh, seven million Hollywood movies about. A woman, a couple is married. They love each other very much. But you know, people have troubles, whatever. They go through a hard time. And one of the two of them is Nizana. Let's say she is Nizana for the, for the view of the Isa. Or he commits adultery for the point of view of the movie, which is just as bad. And then they, they make a mistake. They're sorry. They cry. They get together. What does every single one of those movies expect you in the kahal to feel? What, what, how are we voting when she says she's sorry and she really means it? It's clear she really means it. And she comes back to us. What's he supposed to do? We know we're all in favor of. Of course, he should forgive her and take her back. That's the whole point. So, but that's awesome. And tshuva doesn't help. It doesn't help. Why doesn't tshuva help? The answer is tshuva is very nice, and you'll you'll be forgiven. But there's this isa. So what is it talking about here? The Gdolat Shuvah Shadokhar Lot Shabbat Tavah. You'll say, okay, God is not bound by the Isa. If a, if a, if a couple, uh, if she gets to be married, she can't get married again. But apparently, Kadosh Baruch Hu, when you do Shuvah from him, he can take you back. Cause why? Maybe maybe he's not Chayv Mitzvahs. But if that's true, then it's not Dochar Lot Shabbat Tavah. The whole point of the Maimah is that there is a love. God should have obeyed the love. But because you did Shuvah, it overcomes the love. That's simply not true. And if it doesn't work, if, if it doesn't apply to God, then maybe because it it's not because tshuva is overcoming offhand, is, of, is, is overcoming the love. So the whole the whole example makes no sense. That's aside from the questions I asked last week, which were, what exactly is the point? I mean, wh- why is that gedolat tshuva? If you're trying to say that if someone says he's sorry, you shouldn't be angry at him, that's regular tshuva. That's what tshuva means. Why is the gedolat tshuva? If we understood this love as being somehow interpersonal. In other words, if a woman has betrayed me, I shouldn't take her, I shouldn't take her back. The answer is, if she does true, I should take her back. She says, she's sorry, I should forgive her. I agree. But that's apparently not the Isa really. Isa something deeper. So, and that's what's even be Odyotel Gadol if it worked. But it doesn't work. So the whole mind makes no sense. This is a, this is a conundrum. Basically, it's a, this is an intellectual problem. How do we read this, uh, uh, this mama so that, in fact, or if, to be even more honest, how do we read the Pasuk in Yumiyao? Uh, so that it makes sense. Yemiyah says, if a woman leaves her husband, she can't come back. And I say to you, come back. What is Yemiyah really trying to say? That God doesn't follow the rules. He does follow the rules. What, what exactly is the point here? So I'll tell you what I think. Because I know you don't know the answer. And therefore I'm not going to wait for you to give the answer. Let's first examine, to try to examine, why, in fact, does this Isu exist? And the first hint to the Isu is indicated by this Pasuk Yemiyah. The apparently is a connection between the two different Isurim. Technically speaking, the two Isurim. One is the Lav Shabbat Torah, the other thing is the Dim Sota, Sota Vadai, Eishet Tishuzinta Asura Labala. It's a different halacha. But apparently, and the Pasuk really indicates it, they have a common core. And therefore, Yemiyahu could like switch from one to the other, like a Koshakain. If, if a divorced woman can't come back to her first husband, it's a Koshakain, a adulterous woman. Perhaps that was the meaning. But there seems to be some sort of connection between them. So that connection might help us understand 
why they use, what, what the Isu is based on. So we pointed out that this Isu is defined by the Torah as being Toiva, Toiva Tashem, which is a very strong word and really is, we don't know exactly what the word Toiva means, but it means God hates it. It's, it's, it's despicable in God's eyes. Isura, Isura, but like, what's so terrible about a woman getting divorced, marrying somebody else, doesn't work out, she's on a, she's on a roll, second time, and then she decides to start all over again, and he agrees, and they agree, and, and there are cases like that, it happens. Uh, not just in strange people like, uh, like uh, um, Richard Burton, but even uh, regular people, they really made a mistake, and they come back. Torah says it's Asa, and it's a Toiva. So I'm going to tell you a possible explanation, which I think works out very well for what I want to prove, so therefore I think it's the right explanation. But it's no more than a possible explanation. It's speculative. Something I heard many years ago. Um, 54 years ago. Um, and it still, still rings true. I know that 54 years sounds like I heard it in the 18th century. Okay, but I remember. So it couldn't be that long ago. Um, why... Can a man not remarry his wife after she's been married to somebody else? You can remarry your divorced wife, but not after she's married to somebody else. So here's the following explanation from a uh, prominent, uh, then a young and today a prominent rabbi in New York. And the Gemara in the end of Gittin, the last half of Gittin, the Gemara says, Mizbeach bocher al Misha megaresh eshet ne'urav. The Gemara there is machal between Ishto HaVishona, Ishto HaShniya. Getting divorced from your second wife isn't so terrible. But if you divorce your first wife, Hamizbeach Boche. The question is why? I mean, all right, you know, they were younger maybe, but why, why is Hamizbeach Boche a Mishmagreshet Eshenurat? He made the following uh, suggestion, uh, which I think is a very deep and, and, and fine point that requires a lot of understanding. I hope you'll understand. So the following thing when two people get married, it's not just a deal, it's not just a partnership. Any partnership is based on trust. So if you had a partnership with somebody to, I don't know, to open a business, and he cheated, and he, whatever, he stole money, and then he said he's sorry, so you have a problem with trust. That's true. But it's, it's, it's the same problem, but in a much deeper and finer sense here. Because the partnership that we call marriage involves milchatchila, or it should, in a first marriage, involves not just, I trust you to behave. But it involves a, an openness in a trusting on the, on the level of personality that is understood. In other words, but even I think in, in anybody, in any society in the world, a couple gets married, it involves really a, a, a merging of personalities. It's based on a, a level of trust that I can... I, I can open myself, my secrets, my, my inner being, to this other person. And the claim that was made, as what's behind the Esau here, is that if a person has betrayed that trust, which can be done even beheta, in other words, if she, well, she was divorced and she got married, she didn't do anything wrong. But the kind, the nature of, we call monogamy, the nature of two people, once you can then share that with somebody else, the hurt can never be repaired. In other words, if for them to get remarried would be an attempt to recreate the original, the original is, is, cannot be recreated. You can get married to a second Zivuk Sheni. You married again. It won't ever be the same. It'll be a different kind of a marriage. So you can marry another woman, but to marry the same woman and imagine that you're recreating the level of 
Zachati la chesed nuraich, habat kudotaich, that's what the Pasuk means. What's so special about chesed nuraich, habat kudotaich, which we read in Haftarah on Rosh Hashanah? Because when the, the two young people get married, it's based on just total giving of one to the other, and they can't even imagine. It's true, nobody gets married, maybe today it's a little bit different, but theoretically, I think, practically speaking, nobody gets married as a young person, first time, can even imagine that someday get divorced. If you do imagine you get divorced, you almost certainly get divorced because you never actually made that total trusting commitment since you were every day examining whether or not you want to do it a second time. Which is also why it's different than a business deal. Business deal, if it doesn't work out, we're going to go our separate ways. But no one imagines that because the level of, 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 of trust and innocence, innocent trust, of, of trusting my soul with somebody else, is demanded, can't even imagine that it's only going to be for a year or two. So, that's the toiva that's involved here. Achrei asher hutamah. Hutamah doesn't mean she didn't have Eva, because in some, half the cases it's mutter. Half the cases it's asher. It is a kosher king. If she did it when she was still married, so then it's even worse. But, but the point is that there's something that's been destroyed which is, cannot be recreated again. And it's a, similar to the idea of saying you can't go back to your youth. People, as they get older, they get wiser. That's wonderful. They get smarter. That's also wonderful. But something is lost as you... Well, you know what's called the innocence of youth, that you can't artificially recreate. Okay, I'm going to go back and become simple again, innocent again. You're wise, so you're a little bit more cynical. A man whose wife has left him, or he left her, he might have, he might have divorced her. The Pashup Shah and the Pasuk is, he divorced her, because that's what takes place if he didn't tell her. He threw her out. But then she went and married somebody else. Can he take her back with the same innocent trust that he had before? Impossible. And, and nor can she do it to him. And therefore, that's the basis of the Easter. So it's not just that oh, you should forgive, you should. It doesn't move forgiveness. It's that that you can't recreate it. It's impossible, and therefore to build a marriage of these two people, but not that kind of a marriage again, is is a wrong thing to do. It's it's an affront to to what marriage should be. That's the pshat. If that's the pshat in this isa, which is just a we're doing an exercise in speculative tamei amikra, which as you know is endless, and you can always think of other reasons, etc. But it's it's a good suggestion. But I think that explains what, what takes place here. Why doesn't tshuva work between a man and a wife? There's nothing to do with tshuva. She says she's sorry. She's sorry. I believe her. And I forgive her if there was an avail involved. Let's say it was adultery. So I forgive her. So what? But the psychological state that I just tried to describe in my inadequate manner cannot be repaired because you forgive her. Your ability to open yourself, your ability to recreate the avat klulotayich lechtecha chayba midbar be'eretz lo zeruah, the kalat amisel went out into the unknown to follow God. That that will never take place again, even though you forgive her. But she's not you're not the same person anymore, and therefore it's still also. It's nothing to do with it's, it's not a has nothing to do with crime. It has to do with with trust and innocence, unrecreatable. But says Rabbi Yochanan, based on the Pasuk in, 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 in Yemiyahu, by God the Esau exists as well. But there tshuva is effective. Why? Because gdola tshuva. What did I explain last week? It's going to be a step further. What did I explain last week? Gdola tshuva refers to not just if you do tshuva, you say you're sorry, so God is no longer angry at you. He forgives. He, he's mochel. Ulo makpid. That's regular tshuva. That's Tshuva is good. Gdolat Tshuva says that the process of Tshuva itself, 
a person improving himself, a person coming closer to God, has a value, that's what I said last week, has a value in and of itself. Not that, that therefore God excuses you, but that you're engaged now in, last week it was, the Fuah V'chayim. A person who is coming closer to God, that, that's the purpose of creation. By coming closer to God, you validate God's creation of the world. That's the ultimate value that God finds in the world. So it's true that you had Chata'im yesterday. And if God would count them, so He would also would punish you. But you're not going to die. You're, you're, you're alive, because that's the meaning of life. The meaning of life is coming closer to God. So today I want to say a step further. It's not just that you're alive, but getting closer to God, making, making the bad good, making the good better. I used a phrase last week, which today I want to utilize. It's a kind of perfection. Perfect. God is perfection. So what does He need people for? What does He need an imperfect world for? What could it possibly add? The adds what it adds is more perfection. But there isn't perfection in the world. What there is is perfecting. By becoming, becoming slightly better, the value of movement, the value of tshuva is not where you get. You you went from one to two. And two is not that good because God is a million and you should be a million or infinity. But the movement from one to two, not being at two, but going from one to two, and then to three, and then to four, and then to five, continuing, that's a state of reflecting in this world the perfection of God. In other words, that's actual Kedusha. So now I want to say the same conclusion I said last week about this. If a person does tshuva, when Amisa does tshuva, it's not that therefore God will forgive them and remain married to them. If that was all that was involved, it couldn't take place. Because the Isa is correct. The relationship, you can't get back to that under normal circumstances. So you said you're sorry. You regret having ruined something, but it's still ruined. The relationship is ruined, and therefore we won't be the relationship which is based on that. I'm sorry to God, is the relationship of the relationship of, of two lovers, it, it can't be reclaimed. But it's not based on that. It's based on that when you're doing tshuva, it doesn't apply to tshuva between me and my wife. When you're doing tshuva to God, you're now, not that God therefore wants to be married to you. That is the dveikus in Hashem. Just like last week I said that tshuva is chayim, not that God gives you chayim. Because he likes you, and he's not angry at you, and therefore you live. But tshuva is chayim. Tshuva is rifuah. The first time I was more significant. Tshuva is the rifuah. Not that if you do tshuva, God cures you. If you do tshuva, it is the rifuah. Here, if you do tshuva, that is the dveikus. And that dveikus is really pristine and innocent, because it's not based on what you were yesterday. It's true that yesterday you were like this, and then you ruined it. But in the relationship with us, the relationship of Balchuva to God, as opposed to the relationship of Vatsalik to God, the relationship of Balchuva to God is based on the Chuva itself. Being Chosev B'Tshuva, being involved in climbing closer to God, is, is godly, is Kedusha. Not that therefore God is Makadeshoti. That is Kedusha, because Kedusha in this world consists of not having God. God is Ba'olamo. But our becoming like God. The, that's what I think the meaning of Gedolat Shuvah. Each, each of these mamamim, like last week, Gedolat Shuvah means not that it's effective, but it means Shuvah itself has a value beyond the result. The result is that God's not angry at you. That's wonderful. It means you'll be alive and not dead tomorrow. But Gedolat Shuvah is that you do Shuvah not because of what you can gain from it. You do Shuvah because that's the meaning of life. That's the meaning of why you were created. In this sense, it says that the relationship... Um, let's say it in human terms, the relationship of two 
souls, two people, God is a person. The relationship that we have with Kaddish Baruch Hu, if you're doing tshuva, that's the relationship that has no connection to what happened a year ago. And it doesn't have no connection to what you are now. Because right now you're also a shmendrik. You're also nothing very great. God doesn't love you because you're wonderful. You're not that wonderful. You're just a human being. God loves you. The relationship of the dvekas of God and man is based on because you're wonderful, but because you're becoming more wonderful. And that, how, you, how do you measure that? Is, that? is that a two? Is it a three? Is it a four? I remember I gave last week the example of the classroom. What mark does the teacher give to the kid who's getting better? If you gave him a grade, you still give him the 70, because that's all he did. He got a 70. It's another kind of a grade. It's not a 70. It's not an 80. Giving him 10 extra points isn't the right thing either. He's not a 70. He's not an 80. He's not a 90. He's, aside from that, he's a, he's an improving. You, an improving student. An improving student is a value. So here, an improving person is beloved. Even though he yesterday was a minus 10, and today he's only a minus 5. I made the numbers worse, make it sound more... At worst, make it sound better, make it sound worse. Nothing worthy of being loved. He's loved, he's loved not because he's a minus five, in which case I don't trust minus fives. I don't trust a person who yesterday was a minus ten, even today, even today, even though today he's not, because he's ruined it. But I do trust someone who is, in this sense, God can trust, and we, and we can trust God, someone who is engaged actively in 100% Kedusha, infinite value. The value of movement closer to infinity is infinity. Not one, two, three, or four. That's why it doesn't work for people. So a woman says that she's sorry that she was betrayed her husband, or a man says he's sorry they betrayed his wife. Okay, so you should forgive him, but, but how do you restore the essence? You're not involved in metaphysical infinity. But chuba to God is different than chuba to a person. Chuba to God is ad kiseyakava. Chuba to God is becoming like God. And that really does overcome the lotase. This lotase is, is impermeable to tshuva in a human level, but it exists. God would not overcome, God would not transgress this lotase unless tshuva actually fixed it. And tshuva to God, tshuva becoming like God, becoming infinite like God, actually fixes the problem I described, the problem of, uh, of, of ruining the relationship, not because we're willing to forgive, but because the relationship now is based on what I'm doing now, and not on who I am, what I am, or where I've been. I make just a comment that I think is uh, is relevant as sort of the background. Uh, today, more or less, we have a different attitude, and we all have a different attitude, whether it's right or wrong, to to ballet, to, to the act of tshuva and to ballet tshuva than was was found in the past. There's a medrash in the beginning of Lech Lecha that says uh, that says his father, "Avraham Avinu to tshuva." I assume the Medrash means he did tshuva at the age of 48. But, because there's a machoket in the Medrash, whether Avamari was 3 or 48. But when I'm described now, I think it's a little bit weird if it be 3. So Avamari did tshuva, and he was, he was Avam Avinu, he went there to Israel. And, Vaya Avraham Avinu mitpached ve'omer. The word mitpached is a word that doesn't exist in modern Hebrew, as far as I know, it doesn't exist in ancient Hebrew either, just only in his Medrashim. It means, what's the difference between mitpached and mifached? Mifached was he was afraid. What's mitpached? Uh, maybe a little bit more. What does it mean? It's reflective. Uh, I think I think that's a different. It is a reflect. It is a reflect. It is a reflexive verb. But it, it just what do you mean? Made himself. Uh, so what, 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 what do we say about someone who makes himself afraid? It's not if 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 a lion is coming through the door. I right now, so a lion is about to come through that window. We wouldn't be saying shani mitpached 
I'm saying, don't, don't look in your dictionary. I don't think the word is even in the dictionary. What is that? Mitpached is the modern term for mitpached is not fear, but anxiety. It's, it's not a fear of something. It's, it's uh, the, 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 the reflexive action here is that you're, you're doing it over and over and over again. Avon Avinu was, was haunted by anxiety. What was his anxiety? Shema kol achatayim shasiti kol is still stuck to me. I imagine that today, if a person who was a Batshuva went to his rabbi, we then sent him to the real person, sent him to the psychologist, and he said, you know, I'm tormented by the fact that 10 years ago I was eating tafas, he would tell him, take a pill. You're, it's, it's an obsession. It's not normal. It's anxiety. And anxiety should be cured. Avraham Avinu was mitpached because why? And that's fact the yachas of Chazal, the Zalach, according to the Rambam, Allah the Maisa, that you do, when you do tshuva on Yom Kippur, the father of Yom Kippur, you're mitvadeh on the same chatayim, even though you didn't follow, even though you come back to them. Because your past doesn't disappear, it's still there. And I think that's what it's expressing, is what I try to describe here, that it, it's part of who you are. So you're sorry, and you won't do it again. And, and you said you won't do it again, and you really won't do it again. And, you're a different, and you are a different person. But you're a different person, you're still, it's still part of your personality, it's there. And Rav is mitpached mizeh. So God gives him an answer. The answer is that tshuva is dola tshuva. God says to him, l'cha tal yaldutecha. The can tell him, and the drasha is, ma tal, in the morning, when the sun comes out, the dew just disappears. Your youth is like the dew, it just disappears in the sunlight. In other words, it doesn't really exist. Even the chathil, it doesn't really exist. Do is hardly water. But as soon as you look at it closely, as soon as you shine the light, meaning the sun on it, it turns out not to really, not to really be there. So in fact, God says to him, that's the chiddish. I think what he's saying to him was, we call the Lashon of the Gemara, is gdola tshuva. The tshuva not only <coughs> means, I like you, I'm not angry at you, but it really does eliminate the past. Because tshuva the Kashpochu has what I described. It's a fact that today, this feeling, that was, the Medrash says both things. One, it, it's really effective. But two, you should be worried about it. Avon is mitpached in truth. And that's why, you're supposed to repeat the thing. Today, because of the fact that all normal people are not from, and only strange people are from, somehow were saved uh, the 10% of the 15% of the Jewish people who somehow didn't fall in to the last 200, 200 years of assimilation and... and, and uh, and, uh, and secularization. So, and halacha, the ma'isa, the chazanish said, the people who aren't from today aren't even poshim, they're tinok shenishba. So the, there's a situation that's created, and it's very, it's, very, it's very much found in Israel, I think probably in other places as well, but Israel, it's, it's, on, it's on the television all the time. The person who's a Shuva isn't ashamed of his past, he's proud of it. They get, they get jobs that way. You, know, you, you, you get to appear on television saying, I was once, and you list all the terrible things you did, and today... I'm a Batshuva. And then you go from town to town, from house to house, from, from Kenneth and you, and you, and you literally retell your life story. Traditionally, I think Chazal will be shocked. What do you tell your life story? It's Ashvei, Ashvei Kisui Chata'ah. It's, it's usher to, to, to be Mitvada out loud. Other people shouldn't hear your Chata'im. You're embarrassed about it, so you don't say them. Uh, but there are many prominent Balai Tshuva today in Israel, I imagine other places as well, who are very, I would say they're proud, but they're not, but part of their boasting is boasting how bad they were once and how good they are today. Um, and the reason really is because deep down we don't think it was so terrible that they were that they were Shabbos beforehand because it wasn't really their fault. It was the it was the general thing. 
So uh, I'm just mentioning that as a fact. I think we've all shared this a little bit. You know, uh, uh, there's a real difference between the attitude towards towards Shuvah today and in the past, to the past of the Bali Shuvah. But in any event, I mean, maybe from what it says here, what it says here is really what that Medrash and Lechacha says, that if it, wa- if it was just Shuvah Logadol, if it was Shuvah Normalit, Shuvah before the Gedolat Shuvah, then it would be 100% true, the previous attitude. You're sorry, I forgive you, that doesn't turn you into what you weren't. Uh, if you stole once from the king or you stole from your company and now you're sorry, give the money back. Okay, I like you. We're not going to fire you. But I'll think twice before I give you another $100,000 to play with because how do I know? I'm worried. In other words, my relationship will not be restored. If I'm, I read a book that said if I trust him, it will make him even better. So maybe I'll waste another $100,000 on you. But then I'm being a tzaddik. But it's not really, it's not coming from, from, from trust. Gedolat says that tshuva isn't only mechila. It's not just that God doesn't hold it against you. It's mefuah. It really corrects things. Specifically here, in a deeper sense, the previous correction, the previous mefuah that we talked about last week, I think it means that you'll be alive. That's why I connected it to shemivi chayim. Shemivi mefuah l'olam. Here, the particular mefuah is the mefuah of our personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that relationship, in all normal ways of thinking, should be ruined beyond repair. Another example of this is the discussion of Moshe Rabbeinu with God after Chet HaEgel. Chet HaEgel, God tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to kill them all. Moshe Rabbeinu says, don't do that. God says, okay, we'll do that. Moshe Rabbeinu says, not good enough. God says, go to Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to send a Malach. He'll take you to Eretz Yisrael. In other words, everything will be okay. No penalty whatsoever. The plan was to go to Eretz Yisrael. You're going to go to Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu says, in Ein Panecha Holchim, Al Taleinu Mizeh. He says, I don't care about the results. What does it mean, Panecha Holchim? If you're, what You don't go with us, it's supposed to the Malach, but more than that. Panim means, if you don't shine favor on us. If you don't really like us, if you don't accept us to, you know, and, and come with us, we'd rather stay here. And that's the final stage of the Yudgim Midot. And then God says to him, okay, do the Yudgim Midot, and everything will be okay. And you'll create Barit So God says, the Yudgim Midot, I make a new Brit, I make a new Brit, I go back to the original situation. So that, that's a discussion there. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I understand that if we do tshuva or I pray or something, or that I can get you to forgive. Like you forgive a debt. I won't claim it. So the, the path continues. Shemim says, that's not good enough. I need something which technically doesn't make any sense. I don't know how it's going to be done, but that's what I want. And God says to him, okay, that, 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 that requires a new brit. That's something which doesn't exist yet, but can be done. And that's Nikrat Hatzur, that's Yudgim Amidot, and that's a special Giluy B'Kadosh Baruch Hu, B'Nikrat Hatzur, T'Mashar Rabbeinu, and after he says, Heleinu Chikorayt Burit. So that's more or less the same point here. To get to that point of Panecha Holchim, it's not enough to say, I don't care about the past. You have to really eliminate it. So I try to explain, I have a theory here which I try to explain, which you can agree not agree as to how it eliminates it. The reason why Shuvah eliminates it isn't because God says, okay, I'll eliminate it. What happens to the past when God says he eliminates it? It's because it's really eliminated. Because tshuva makes, make, means that the past makes no difference. Tshuva is based on where you're going, not who you are. Who you are is where you're going. 
put it another way. You are Tzelem Elohim. You're a developing person, not A, B, or C. And in that state of doing tshuva, so the past is irrelevant. And the future is not here yet. But what's important is that you are all the time as you're, you're heading in the right direction. Being heading in the right direction is a different state than being wonderful or less wonderful or more wonderful. So that's the meaning. Just to sum up, it's the same point that I made last week, but in a different sense and with a different conclusion. Gdolat Shuvah means that Shuvah is not only something that it's very worthwhile to do because it will result in a better future life for you. Meaning it will get rid of God's anger and be agreement to God's favor. That's a very important point, but Gdolat Shuvah is something else. Gdolat Shuvah says that Shuvah is something which is essential in and of itself for the human condition. You have to be about tshuva and not just someone who God isn't angry at. And the reason for that is because tshuva is its own value. What does that result in? So last week it resulted in something called refuah b'chayim, meaning life in and of itself, not as a reward, but, but like oxygen. This week it results in that my relationship to God is based on not what I did and not His memory or my memory, you can, it's, 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 it all starts now. Because the moment now has infinite value, Billy Kesher, to where you're coming from and where you're going. The moment of now is infinite value because it's a, it's a, it's a vega of tshuva, it's a vega of coming closer to God. And therefore, it's as pristine and as innocent and as pure and as trusting as which is that what that pasuk means, that's what we read that pasuk on Rosh Hashanah. God says, wow, 2,000 years have gone by. A lot of problems. But yet, for Balei Tshuva, as I remember, remembering isn't just remembering and feeling sorry about it. But it's possible to see it now, Lechtech, the walking by Midbar, not that you were A, B, or C, but that you moved, you went from Mitzrayim to Sinai, apparently of your own free will because of the love of God. So that's Beret Zohar, and that's something which recreates a relationship, no matter all the other things that have taken place, in the other Haftarot, which is quite how bad it was, but the Shiva and the Chemta and the Pasuk and the Haftarot of Rosh Hashanah is about how, so what? But you can recreate the entire thing from scratch, the moment of, the moment of Tshuva. Okay, that's uh, this week's Lodat Tshuva. There's still four Mamarim, at least, in, the, uh, in this Gemara. So we still have more work cut out in front of us.